Hi, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome back to Debunked. I'm Libby. And I'm Valerie. And we just want to first um, welcome to the new year. Welcome to 2023. Um, We hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season, um, wonderful winter break for those of you that are in college um, and in school in general. And yeah, we're really excited to kick off this new year with you um, at Debunked. The thing with the new year is that there's a lot of pressure to revamp your whole life. There's always this kind of new year, new you kind of saying that goes around in society. And I know when Libby and I were talking about this New Year's podcast, when we first realized that the first of the month is our upload day, um, we realized, you know, this is day one of 2023. We need to have a really strong message and we decided that what better way to kick off the year than debunk New Year's resolutions and kind of that stress and pressure that the new year brings on. Yeah, I think that um, New Year's resolutions are obviously, we all hear about them. We all hear about going, I mean, popular ones include going to the gym, eating healthier, you know, focusing on that growth mindset, quote unquote, all of those things. And the pressure can become really toxic from society as well as just from yourself. I feel like we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to become this whole new version of ourselves and, you know, leave all the things we don't like about ourselves in the past and like just kind of revamp ourselves when we're in reality. That's not only like impractical, but also like it's not healthy at all. So, right. Yeah. And it's almost like, I guess some people can even compare it to like diet culture in a way because diets are not sustainable. Um, Most of them like fad diets are a couple weeks and then you you might lose a lot of weight really quickly and be really excited and then gain it all back. And it can, New Year's resolutions can be very, very tricky. Um, But today we are going to focus on instead making the conversation more of what kind of goals do we have what are the positives and negatives of new year's resolutions in general and then also discuss seasonal affective disorder and post-holiday depression because january can be very tough for a lot of people i know for myself january 2022 was one of the darkest months of my life, um, both literally and figuratively. And we're going to get into that a bit later to try to shed some light and let you guys know that you're not alone in this. So without further ado, Libby, let's hear your take on New Year's resolutions and how they've played a role in your life. Yeah, thanks. So New Year's resolutions, I'm not going to lie, I've always kind of had like ideas in my head. I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, do this this year or I want to, I can't even think of great examples right now, but just, you know, have like a healthier like mindset, you know, be, you know, seek more joy, seek happiness, you know, in the new year. And I think while those are all great things, it's hard because they aren't tangible. And I feel like a lot of the New Year's resolutions that a lot of us, um, you know, write down or think of in our head. Um, are great and they're but they're not exactly like 
tangible and they may not be accomplished in this year or they might you know you might accomplish them like mental health like you might be doing really well and then you could also like you know struggle a bit with your mental health which is okay it's completely normal both Val and I I mean we get it we've been there um and so I think that New Year's resolutions really should be reframed to be saying goals because I think goals are you know it changes the narrative from resolution which sounds like a conclusion like you have to like start a goal or start a resolution and finish it and make over yourself to just having goals. And these goals can be small or they can be really big goals that you may want to take with you and strive to achieve in multi-year timelines or any of that kind of things. But I think for myself going into this new year, um, I really want to strive to, you know, find joy and seek joy. But in, within that, you know, go on more hikes, you know, um, this is such a little thing, but not do homework in my room when I'm back at school. I think I fell into that last year and that was not super great for my mental health or my productivity levels. So just, they can be small things or they can be big things. But I think the main argument that Val and I have about resolutions is that they don't need to be some pressure filled, like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. And like, oh, I was going to go to the gym every day and I didn't go to the gym. So this is, I'm a horrible person. Like, that's not it at all. Like, I think it's, I think they can be used in a really positive way to kind of be like, okay, like this is kind of a new reset. Like what are things that are maybe big goals, little goals, things that I can take with me into the new year from last year and what are things that I want to change? So I think it's a great opportunity. Um, but I think it's also something to be careful about. So yeah. Val, what about um, you? <laughs> so my kind of take on that, something I've been seeing a lot lately and I would say probably in the past couple of years I really like how people make vision boards or mood boards for the upcoming year or whatever it may be maybe just a new season of life in general but what I really like about this is kind of like Libby said with a resolution it's very finite and it's Mm kind of constrains you almost yeah um And you can be left with a little bit of that kind of feeling of not being satisfied with yourself or not really realizing all of the amazing things you have accomplished and all the growth you've had because you might be so focused on, oh, these are all the things I didn't do. It's kind of that like glass half empty view. But if you look more glass half full, The nice thing is, is like with a vision board or a mood board, you have the opportunity to visualize how you would like your life to look. And there's a lot to be said about visual manifestation and the words we put out into the universe, the thoughts that we have, because our thought patterns are very powerful. And um, recently, one of my friends was... He got me something about, um, it's a little sign about neuroplasticity. He got it for me for my birthday. And he was like, I saw it and it reminded me so much of you. And I love it because it really like the, the concept of neuroplasticity is that we can change our pathways in our brain, um, basically essentially to have a more positive outlook, but also 
fill our brain with the things that will help us grow. So changing those thought patterns from, again, from like glass half empty to glass half full and noticing small things that are improving your life, noticing areas that you could change. And the whole concept behind that is that we have that power to change those parts of our mindset. And I think by visualizing our goals, having something I've seen people do it as like their desktop background. I've seen like a physical poster that people hang up in their rooms, but, or even if you just make like a Pinterest board or something, I think there's a lot of benefit to seeing where you would like to be by the end of the year. And it doesn't mean like, you know, all of your problems are going to go away and you're not going to face challenges. But I think it's a good opportunity to say, no matter what comes my way, these are the things I'm working towards and this is what I want my life to look look like. And at the end of the year, you can look back and see, wow, I was able to bring so many areas of joy into my life and I've grown so much and it could serve as a visual reminder of the year um, based off of what you had in the past and like also help you figure out what you want to work on the following year. So I really like that concept Um, and that goes along with the idea of having goals instead of just a resolution. I know for me a couple years ago when I was growing up I always made New Year's resolutions to get more in shape and eat better and all of these things. And it was never sustainable. Yeah. In fact, it put so much pressure on me that I felt like I almost went the other way. And especially my sophomore year of high school, I had some health issues and gained some significant weight as a result. And I couldn't lose it for the longest time until... I worked with my therapist and we talked about healing my relationship with food and doing intuitive eating, basically allowing not, you're not withholding yourself from anything, but you're just checking in and working on that mind body connection. It's like, am I actually hungry or am I just thinking about food? Things like that. And when I started working on my mindset with that relationship, it the weight fell off. And the thing is, is that's been sustainable in the past few years, but it's only because I did internal healing to see those results. I didn't follow a diet. I didn't follow a fad or a trend or make it a resolution. I just said, you know what? I'm going to work on my relationship with food and whatever happens as a result I know it's going to be positive because I'll feel good about myself. So that's just one example of something I've done in the past. Um, And also, I think a really great goal that I too have for the new year is to work on being grateful more often. And whenever I'm going (laughs) through something difficult, I want to program my brain away from the negative thoughts and the negative self-talk and instead verbalize things that I'm grateful for. The other day I was, I've been getting up at like 6 a.m. every day to go to work and I'm working (laughs) really long hours this break. But in the car, I was on my drive to work. I was complaining. I was like, I'm so tired. My head hurts. It's going to be such a long day. 
And I was so aware of how much negativity I was putting out there. And all I did, I was like, start talking. I literally stopped and I was like, okay, start saying the things you're grateful for. And instead I was like, I'm grateful for having a job where I can make money. I'm grateful <laughs> for the Starbucks that I'm drinking this morning to help me stay awake. I'm grateful for the car that I have to drive to my job. I'm grateful that I can walk. I'm grateful that I can stand for eight hours a day at my job and have a healthy enough body to do so. And I swear, mindset changes like that in both the examples I just provided those are what will make your goals sustainable and not just constrain it to the new year. That's great. I loved everything what you said. I feel like that's, it's, I'm learning from you as you were talking. I feel like that was so applicable, like in your life, in my life, and in so many other people's lives, just because I feel like we definitely tend to get in a rut, um, myself included. I've definitely have struggled with the negative thoughts just over this break about, Ugh, like this is like, you know, I don't know anybody here and this is exhausting and I just want to, you know, I want to be like, I want to go somewhere else. But at the end of the day, there is so much to be grateful for. And I think that positive mindset is just is so huge. And it doesn't mean, you know, trying to force yourself to be this happy, bubbly, positive self, self all the no. time. But I think it also, but it can mean just kind of resetting and refocusing your mind on something that you may have forgotten, you know, while you were, while we were, I don't know, thinking about something else negative. So I think that's, I think that was really well said. And I definitely am going to apply that into my life, like after this, after you finish recording and into the new year as well. So. And I really hope that anyone listening to this, I, if there's one takeaway from today, I think that it is that your your mindset this concept of neuroplasticity this idea of visual manifestation there are small small changes that you can make in your daily life that will have a much greater impact on the rest of your life and things like that go beyond one month, one year. It's something that will last forever and help you through some of the hardest times in your life. Um, so I think it, it's very, very important. Yeah, I definitely, and like those things can be small. Like it can be as little as like getting up and showering. I mean, it can be as big as running a marathon, you know, and training for a marathon, but I think that, and everywhere in between, but I think we all have to like start small. And I think the other idea of like resolutions is that it's like has to be so big that we're like, right. oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. When in reality, it can be as little as, oh, like, you know, I've noticed that I haven't been drinking enough water. Like I'm going to, my goal, like one of my goals is to drink a glass of water every day when I get up and, you know, maybe gradually increase that as I, you know, as the year goes on, you know, things that are sustainable and things that really improve your mood like just like showering and getting dressed for me has helped my like mental health over the past week um like tremendously so just small things like that or big things you know whatever is gonna help you um pursue your goals and pursue like your version of your best self in your mind so yeah right now kind of to shift the conversation more presently 
to this winter break holiday time period. I know by the time you're all listening to this, it'll be right after the holidays, but I think what we're about to talk about is still very <laughs> applicable. Yes. Um. So I kind of want to talk about some of the challenges that the holiday season brings and why it also makes New Year's resolutions um like makes so much makes it feel so much more like things are at stake. So for example, what I mean by this is like as I've been home, we've been cooking and baking a lot. We've also I've personally been catching up with a lot of my friends from high school while I've been home, we'll go get dinner or get coffee or whatever. Um, And I think I have been really, really harsh on myself with body image. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I didn't deal with last holiday season and haven't dealt with really much over the holidays. But this year, particularly, I'm really struggling And I feel guilty for doing doing these kinds of things, like going out, getting food with my friends, et cetera, because I'm stressed about gaining weight, losing like an athletic physique, being upset with my appearance and not looking good enough for spring break or whatever it is. I have just been going through it to be quite honest. And I think like, for me, this experience, you know, it, it taught me a lot because I realized that I've been really harsh with myself, but then I reminded myself, I've been, I've been trying to work on my mindset with that and say, you know, the holidays the holidays themselves and like the things we do during the holidays are also not sustainable for year round. You wouldn't live the kind of lifestyle you live during the holidays the rest of the year. (laughs) No, Uh, (laughs) I don't think, I mean, you definitely don't have to, and I don't think anyone really wants to. Yeah, The holidays are one of my favorite times of the year, but also bring on so much stress. And like some people struggle like with, their families and getting their whole family together. Other people struggle kind of like you were touching on with (laughs) if your family has moved since you have gone off to college, you don't have hometown friends to go back to. You don't have the familiarity of your hometown to go back to. That's also really hard for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people struggle with, you know, guilt for what they're eating what they're doing the activities they're engaging in I think the holidays there's a lot of indulgence which there is nothing wrong with however it's how you respond to that and it's important to give yourself grace so like something I've been trying to do I've also been going to Pilates um while I'm home since I have you know my car and everything (laughs) and I realized that I'm not pressuring myself to work out as a response to what I'm eating or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm working out because it makes my body feel good. It helps with my mindset because Pilates is so focused on mind-body connection. But also, because I feel myself getting stronger, I'm also looking at myself in a different light. I had a minor procedure done a couple weeks ago and I couldn't work out for a week. And that's when I really started spiraling because I felt like I can't work out 
but I definitely can eat all the time. And it just, it, it caused me to get into a pretty bad place. And then as I've been able to work out again, I've realized that having a healthy relationship with working out and eating, they kind of coincide because if you work out because you like how your body feels when you're moving and all that, it also causes you or it helps you, I guess, be okay in your mind about, you know, oh, okay, so what? I'm going out with my friends. So what? I'm baking my favorite cookies. It doesn't matter. I'm mentally okay with it. And I guess, you know, not everyone has to work out to do that, but even finding something like if you do like five minutes of deep breathing or whatever it may be, you'll find that you'll ease some of that negative self-talk from your mind. If you're engaging in a connection with between your mind and your body to help ease some of that stress, because the holidays do there, they can be a really hard time. They are joyful, but they're difficult. Um, so that's one way I've been trying to make this time a little easier for me. If you want to talk on your experiences over the past week and a half that we've been home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so my experiences have been imperfect for sure. Um, my mom and I took a trip up to Asheville, which was super fun and really helped me get my mind off of, you know, everything going on in my mind, in my brain. And then my best friend from college came to visit me a couple days ago, which was amazing. It was so fun to see her. Like it was, it had only been like two weeks since I'd seen her, but like I usually see her every day. So it was super fun. Um, but at the same time, um, it's also been really, really hard for me to adjust to having Christmas and being in this house for the first time, like in South Carolina. Um, obviously, like we're are super fortunate to be able to have this house and be able to have my dogs and my family and be all together this Christmas. And that's something that I'm super grateful for. And that's definitely, um, you know, things that I'm trying to focus on. But at the same time, it is okay to be sad about changes or and it's okay just to feel like a bunch of mixed feelings during the holidays I think is what I'm trying to say um because yeah I like had a full-on like breakdown like to my mom last night I was like this I'm just overwhelmed like I'm exhausted like this is just a lot for me and um I definitely feel like I needed that to just get that out and then this morning I woke up I got up I got dressed I worked on a puzzle you know, just kind of getting into a routine and kind of focusing on things that maybe I wouldn't be able to do like during school, you know, like puzzle, reading a book, um, you know, I'm trying to think what else I've been doing, just like running little fun errands, going into the shops in our town, um, just kind of things like that have really been helping me um, kind of cope and adjust to this, you know, very different, um, not lifestyle, but very different like Christmas than I've had in the past. Like even last year was different. And so adjusting those changes has been hard, but just finding those little pockets of joy, also playing with my dogs has been amazing. So (laughs) yeah, so I think it's been hard. And so I think to like people out there, like it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel a mix of emotions like during the holidays and also after the holidays. I mean, you know, there's a whole like, yay, it's new year and like kind of you know, bring in the new year and this is exciting, but also, you know, being nervous or anxious or sad about the holidays being over is it's okay to feel that way. And, 
you know, there are ways to help out, help you alleviate those feelings, but you know, it's also okay to feel so. Yeah. (laughs) And going off of that, that kind of goes right into like seasonal affective disorder, that Mm post-holiday depression. I know for me, and tell me if this affects you too, after summer, when we go back to school, do you ever hit a pocket of depression? Oh, totally. Totally. Like after after yeah. the first like two weeks where <laughs> that newness isn't there anymore, yeah. it gets hard. <laughs> oh, totally. And like that's the point where like school's ramping up and so I'm just like, oh my God, like this is yeah. kind of a lot. And like, dang, yeah, I definitely and, feel you. There. I know. Um, at least so because like I don't have my car on campus it's difficult for me because I love like you were saying going to like little shops and things like that mm-hmm. I go to Target like once a week while I'm home and it's not even like I don't even have to go to buy something I get so much joy from walking around yes. Target it's, it's insane like therapy literally all oh, my high school friends and I would do that we should just right? like therapy it's literally therapy yeah so like kind of those smaller things are more difficult so I know like one goal of mine I have in the new year is that I want to encourage myself to explore Chapel Hill more and mm-hmm. find some of like find some of those like places of my own. I don't see myself just going to Franklin Street Target for fun. However, <laughs> I feel like there are other places and even like I want to go to Carborough more often. Like I, I don't really Carborough. spend a lot of time there. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, being able to explore some of those things and we're really fortunate because we do have two towns that we bounce between and we have a chance to kind of integrate some of the things that make us happy from back at home or happy at school and vice versa and implement them into our like kind of alternative life that we live when we're living this like spending time in two different places um also with that I was going to say that similarly to how it feels like when summer's over that's how January feels for me except it's worse because it's cloudy gloomy cold as hell and overall depressing yeah not the holidays the only thing to look forward to is spring break which is like months away it's a quarter of the year away yeah how how could that be the next best thing right (laughs) right (laughs) yeah we have some holidays but I mean no offense Martin Luther King but I'm not celebrating you like I celebrate Jesus for Christmas so it's just it's so different and I think too, like the start of the semester is always tough, but for me, I'm definitely someone who gets affected by the weather big time. And that's a huge reason Mm -hmm. I didn't end up going to Michigan for college. Obviously, it also was like an arm and a leg more than UNC, but also (laughs) it is so cold and depressing during those months. And Chapel Hill, I realized last year, it already being in North Carolina affects me a lot. I'm, you know, growing up in Florida where it's sunny, like 90% or I'll give it 80% of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's a whole different ball game when it's, it gets just so gray. Right. Everything kind of like, and I, I'm definitely someone who I, I get affected by the weather big time. So oh, yeah. When we go through those stretches of like weeks that it's gray, like I know back over finals, 
it was cold and gray for like two weeks straight except for one day and that one day that the sun was out my move my mood improved immediately and I was like oh my gosh this is the first sunlight I've seen in days and I just want to say that you know for anyone listening to this who goes through that you know some of it is the fact that the holidays are over and that's sad but don't discount the effect that the weather can have on how your January goes or how your the end of your winter season goes. Because once I realized how connected my mood is to the weather, like some of my friends, they got, you know, those little like sunset projectors. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so many of my friends, um, especially the ones who like moved up north for college or whatever, they got those because they realized how much not seeing sunlight or those warm colors really affected them. So like there are little things that you can do to ease that seasonal depression because it's absolutely real. You don't need a diagnosis to experience it or have your experiences validated because I'm not diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, but I know that I have elements of it for sure. Definitely. So I've been like really working um, towards looking at what small changes can I make in my life to make that time easier. And also for me, um, like I said earlier in this episode, January last year was a really tough time for me because at the beginning of it, my friends and I, we all got COVID like one week into school. Master. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't go to class, obviously, but half of our professors didn't offer Zoom options. I was in um my first like upper level classes really taking a lot of courses in my major not just gen eds like I did my Mm -hmm. first semester and it was just a combination of a lot of things and it set off my semester very poorly to the point where I fell into my first spell of depression at the end of January Mm -hmm. and I ended up having to come home for a weekend because there were a couple days once we were out of quarantine and back in Chapel Hill that I was not getting up out of bed and Mm -hmm. I was just laying there contemplating what I was doing with my life and Mm -hmm. nothing was bringing me joy. Now for me, I, um, I didn't have any suicidal thoughts. However, I knew that I couldn't keep living the life that I was living because it was making me severely depressed. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to make little changes. So like something you brought up earlier was like your puzzles and books and things like that. So for me, I really had to make some big lifestyle changes. And one of them was prioritize getting enough sleep. That is the most powerful thing that happened to me this year. It's so huge. It's so huge. Um, And with that, I I was having a lot of trouble sleeping because of how anxious and depressed I was. So one thing that I tried out was reading for a half hour every night, getting off my phone for the last half hour. Cause you know, some there are nights where I'm on my phone up until the moment that my head hits the pillow. Right. Um, 
but I really like for the majority of the semester made an effort to put down my phone a half hour before when I wanted to be sleeping and pick up a book. And it helped me get much better sleep. And also sometimes getting to read the next chapter of my book was what got me through the day. Yeah. It's really important, whether it be like knowing that tomorrow you're going to have a really great coffee or knowing that tomorrow you could go on a walk down your favorite trail, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be a huge time commitment, but trying to start off the year with something to improve your wellness and your day-to-day life is going to be massive. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's huge. And I think one, sleep is huge. I think that that is so, I mean, people emphasize its importance, but like when you get a good night's sleep and you wake up, it's like, whoa, like, I feel like I've been reborn. Like it's like, it's so, it's feels so good. And so I think, yeah, like, like you said, like, it is okay to have struggles. And like, I'm so proud of you for like, making those lifestyle changes and, you know, ending the semester, you know, ending the semester, like, really strongly in your classes and, you know, coming out of that depression, which is a really hard thing to do. So for everyone out there, value included, like, that's, like, so hard to do. So if you've ever done that, like, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But it definitely, it takes work. And so just little things, like you said, like, reading or going to reading and getting sleep or going to bed or just, you know, eating and kind of getting in routines. Like it's just small things that you really don't think are going to have the biggest impact that end up like really improving like your mental health and eventually like helping you to kind of come out of that depressive episode and start like living your life how you want it again. So I think that's amazing. And I know, so for going forward for this next year, Um, one of my main goals is to wake up and have breakfast before I go to class. Now, Mm -hmm. some people might hear this and be like, that's the stupidest goal I've ever heard. (laughs) But it's really not because I tell you like the amount of times I just grab a granola bar on my way out or whatever. Like I really want to prioritize starting my day with my proper nutrition and the things that my body needs. Um, so that's like one way that I also kind of want to be proactive about any depression that may come with the month of January, because I know that that's something I'll look forward to every day. And I'll know that, you know, I get to wake up and have something good in my stomach, put my head in the right mindset and go on with my day. Yeah, I think that's great. That's such like a, I mean, it's small, but it's huge, you know, like it's like, and it's something you look forward to and it's not like a chore. It's something that, yeah, is good for you. It boosts your, boosts your metabolism. I think that's great. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. Sorry. It goes along with that whole um, concept of these changes don't have to be big in your life. You don't have to commit to something that seems so massive or so unattainable. You can literally make the smallest changes in your life to have a really profound impact. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I feel like for me personally, kind of along the lines of that, like I've definitely thought about like small things. I think for one, um, 
my goal. I definitely like have not run as much as I used to, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I was running way too much when I graduated. I on to your knees. <laughs> yeah, no. But I think that running three days a week is definitely something that I want, you know, as a goal for me, as well as just um, not doing homework in my bed are two they are two like goals that I have for myself as well, um, just because they both make me feel better and they're fun. You know, I mean, not really homework is fun, but not doing it in my bed is a good thing for me as like in my wellness. So just things like that. Um, so, yeah. And I think, awesome. yeah, sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, I think also um, we definitely want to hear from you guys and like what some of your small little goals or big goals that you have for the year. And so we'll definitely send out like a little poll or a post on our Instagram. And we'd love to hear what you guys are doing. Um, I know I could always use more ideas for myself to improve my wellness. And so, absolutely, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea if you guys want to share at all. So yes. And please do, <laughs> because we, we love hearing from you guys and it's so also, it's so helpful because then we can share with the rest of you what your fellow listeners have to say and their insight and if we can help at least if we could help just one person live a little bit of an easier life then we're doing the right thing yeah and I wholeheartedly believe that definitely ditto agreed (laughs) for sure (laughs) Um, I'm really looking forward to kicking off this next year with this podcast and seeing how much more we can grow and working on consistency with our social media and really like getting after it. And I'm just excited to keep working with you because I feel like we have both grown so much since our first episode. And now we just get to navigate a whole nother year together debunking all sorts of things so <laughs> I'm I'm really stoked for what the year has ahead me too I'm so excited I'm so excited for work with you for our listeners for everybody out there I have a good feeling about this year maybe we'll you know I'm gonna you know be positive it's gonna be a good year um I'm excited for what we have planned and what we will plan in the future for debunked and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it and kind of grow along with us this next year the last thing I'm going to say today is no matter how this month goes for you remember that there are 11 more months in the year and if your January doesn't look exactly like you thought it would you have 11 other opportunities to make this year count so just a little sign of hope for you. Don't put too much pressure on yourself in the first month of the year. You know, brace yourself. Act like you're running a marathon because realistically, every year is a marathon. Oh, for sure. That's so <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> and if you come out the gates running way too fast, you're not going to make it. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to your mind. Be kind to your body. And do something to make your life a little bit easier every day. Oh, that was so well said. I mean, I have nothing else to add to that. So with that, um, thank you so much for tuning in to our January episode of Debunked and Happy New Year again. And we can't wait for what's in store in this new year. Bye, guys. Next month.